Yeah, they made that deal, but they don't give a fuck about him. They need you. You'll be shot for this? Nah, I don't think so. More like chewed out. I've been chewed out before. Alright, kids, here we go. Next seminar up December 9th through the 11th. After that, February 17th through the 19th. Then April 14th through the 16th. The seminars for 2023 will incur a nominal increase in fee, thanks in no small part to Vladimir Putin. So if you want to save a couple bucks, make sure you sign up for December. For training camps on the list, we have our self-sufficient lifter camp on November 19th. That's in Wichita Falls, covering the squat, the press, the deadlift, how to film yourself, and how to diagnose your own technique. Then we're going to have a lift shoot fight camp. That's a two-day camp on December 17th and 18th in Wichita Falls. Then the Seoul Brothers in South Korea are holding two camps in one day on December 4th. First in the morning, a squat camp. Then after that, a deadlift and power clean camp. If you purchase both of those together, you do get a $40 discount. For squat and deadlift camps with spots still left, November 19th in Moody's, Connecticut at Anino Strength and Conditioning. And December 11th in Chicago at Starting Strength Chicago, the city with arguably the worst relish. Then for the first time ever, we're going to have an all Spanish speaking camp that's on January 21st in San Antonio at Starring Strength San Antonio. Well, the entire squat and deadlift camp will be coached in Spanish. Then we have three lift camps with spots still left in London on December 11th, covering the squat, the press, and the deadlift. Many of you continue to reach out to Ina to learn about new career opportunities with Starting Strength Gyms. If you'd like to find out what's available and what the process is, head over to startingstrengthgyms.com, check out the coaching tab, get on the list, and speak to Anna herself. And as usual, for more information on anything that I've talked about, head over to startingstrength.com and check out the right-hand side of the homepage. From the Asgard Company Studios in beautiful Wichita Falls, Texas, from the finest mind in the modern fitness industry, the one true voice in the strength and conditioning profession, the most important podcast on the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, starting Strength Radio. Welcome back to Starting Strength Radio. And, uh, oh, man, this week we're going to have so much fun. You're not going to believe how much fun we're going to have. This is our monster movie podcast. And we've been working on this a long time. We're here with our buddy John Musser. And John is uh, uh, on the same page as I am about monster movies. You know, they're not critically important in the goddamn scheme of world history, but man, they're fun, aren't they? Hell yeah. Something to watch. It's something, something to, to not watch that you don't see out when you look out the door, you know? Yeah, seeing, seeing, a, seeing a giant monster walk through a city and crush things under its foot is pretty interesting. In California, right? yes. Especially so. Especially yeah. in California. <laughs> That's why Godzilla is so damned important. He completely Holy. destroys the entire city of San Francisco. It's a dream I, situation. Godzilla was it's the just, bulk of this yeah. event for me. Yeah, Godzilla's fun, right? All right, so before we get into these actual individual movies, we have some important philosophical shit to talk about here, all right? So 
what is a monster movie is the is the question and we struggled with this we actually struggled with this for quite some time because you know what it 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 really the monster movies are a sub genre of horror and we've already done horror all right we've already done horror movies and uh and we visited that so i think it's important that what we do is uh, tell you our operating definition of what a monster movie actually is. I think we need to go to the back of the rack a little bit. Um, Big ticket principle, monsters don't care about you. You don't exist to them. You're just either food or you're just something in their way. They don't care about your hopes and your dreams. You Um, are irrelevant to a monster doesn't make any difference to them. Makes That's right. Absolutely no difference to a monster, whether you're here or not. It's kind of like the universe as a whole. It's 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 an existential thing, you know. It, it, there's it a really lot of, is. It's a it's an existential question. Does the universe give a fuck about you? No. So it's, it's be a it, force it, of, it, of it nature or or over nature, right? It's going to be right. supernatural. It's going to be more than nature. And in, uh, a lot of people compare H.P. Lovecraft's his stuff, right, where the monsters right. were so horrible that just looking at them made you insane, right? right. You couldn't even look upon them. You know? right. So if we go back that far, the, the universe just doesn't give a shit about you. Right. The universe doesn't care about you. And, you know, the universe really doesn't care. And, uh, you know, your invisible friend belief notwithstanding, the universe doesn't care about you, and neither does Godzilla. All right. Right. Neither does Godzilla, and that's why Godzilla is important, because Godzilla is a metaphor for how shit actually is. Now, how about that for an overblown, puffed-up podcast premise? You like that? I think, I think so. it's, we're, about, we're edging on pretentious. I think we should push a little bit and get right over that top. Let's go right over the top. This is the most important podcast we have ever done. Yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And <laughs> because and it, and we, it, it encapsulates right now, the entirety of human existence. <laughs> so it's important that people should know that both of us receive a uh, lot of a lot of benefits from these podcasts. The movie studios, they're always flying us someplace. We're always getting always. these red carpet passes. We're getting access to all these uh, entertainers and all these venues. How about but we that still weekend we had with opinion. Kim Bassinger? You remember that? Yeah. That was a hell of a deal, wasn't it? I can't even. I mean, the last time they sent a jet out here was very interesting. You know, it's right. pretty, pretty damn uh, heady stuff to have them pick you up and fly you someplace just to be on the red carpet so you can say something nice about their movie. Right. Well, and you know, it happens all the time. I'm kind of getting tired of the travel, so you know, I'm probably going to yeah. shut that down. But uh, it has been fun. We have both of us have derived a lot of uh, personal. Uh, oh, I don't know if you'd call it. Uh, profit but we got a lot of satisfaction out of out of this uh you know i watch a movie basically every night that's just what i do when i get off work i go home and i cook cook supper we'll sit and eat and she didn't really care but i'll watch a movie and i like watching movies i like movies you know i like to watch movies i like to watch good movies i'll watch shitty movies if they're interesting, you know, one yeah, of the I mean, things, John, that's, that's the most interesting thing about 
what I've noticed about what we do on these podcasts is that very seldom do the critics agree with us. Yes. You yes. Know? Accurate. Yeah, that's an accurate statement. They uh, yeah. they're going to agree with whoever whatever they're told to say. So right. so they're all they're all fighting for access all the time and a pat on the head from the industry. So they're going to say whatever they're told to say is what it comes down to. And uh, well, like for example, Thirteenth uh, Warrior is reviled by all the critics, and it's one of my favorite movies, which tells me that odds are, if the critics don't like a movie. I'm going to enjoy it. And that really yeah, has you. proven to be true so many times. You know, there's a, there's a recent movie that I wouldn't have even considered going to see, but uh, because the, it's got such a low audio or low critic rating and, and the audiences seem to like it, then that means I'm going to probably like it. Yeah. So I'm going to go see it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, uh, so a monster movie is, is about the monster. The critical thing about the monster movies is monsters don't care about you. All right. And this and as we discuss this list of movies we've got in front of us, we're going to we're going to refer back to that premise, uh, because some of the things that are normally regarded as monster movies are actually not monster movies by that definition. And we're going to point that out to you now. Here's another here's another thing. What is important about a monster movie? Seeing the monster in the movie right yes yeah that's some the point, important yes. thing about the monster movie this is why cloverfield is a shitty monster movie how long in the movie cloverfield how long was the goddamn monster on the screen 45 seconds i couldn't make it to the of, shaky can out of the whole damn thing, 45 seconds. You had spent 30 minutes having to look at hipsters deal with each other in Brooklyn. I don't want to see this shit. I mean, that, they're not really, I mean, is that, that's kind of like horror, right? But it's not a monster yeah. movie. And they show you the monster for 45 seconds total. So, in other words, they're just trying to save money and trying to make a cheap-ass monster movie and not spend a bunch of money on special effects. I understand that, but it doesn't work. Don't watch Cloverfield. It's stupid. All right? It didn't work for me. I couldn't get past the damn shaky cam shit. It annoys me. I hate shaky cam shit. I really do. That's just, you know, that's what ruined the second Bond film. Daniel Craig, what was that called? Quantum of Solace. It was. It was. You have to fast forward through all the action scenes, you know, because yeah. it, it's it just doesn't work. Now I don't know whose idea that was back fifteen years ago to start making it so the audience can't see what the hell's going on on the screen, but they seems to be a perfectly acceptable way to approach video at this point. And I you cover cover up a lot of sins. That certainly way. does. Right. Doesn't have to look real good if your camera's not allowed not allowing you to focus on what it's seeing. What the hell's going on, right? Right. Hey, now you want to see the uh, monster. What? You know that's what's good about the Godzilla movies that have been, especially the recent ones. The Godzilla movies uh, show you. I mean, they spend a bunch of money on these on these effects, and they want you to see it. Yes. They want you to yeah. see it. They, and they, I they, want yeah. to watch it, and that's why I'm watching Godzilla. Because I want to see Godzilla. I don't want to hear about Godzilla. I want to see Godzilla. We'll touch on the specifics yeah. of the movies later, I know. Yeah, but we it seemed will. to me that the destruction was done better than the monster itself on a lot of these movies. Yeah. That the, 
the, the destruction and what they were doing seemed to be seemed to translate a little bit better than some of the monsters. And I found that pretty interesting that they focused yeah. more on that. Well, it might be that that's just easier to do by the effects department. I don't know. It's got probably yeah. got something to do with that. Yeah, you know, tearing a building down versus making a CG monster might be might be cheaper to tear a model of a building down. I don't know. They make the damn things look like real buildings though with scale and perspective and stuff. I, I these guys are good at this. Hell yeah, they're you good know? at it. They're good at this. Uh so let's hey, let's talk about Harry Housen. Yeah, we need to here. talk about the history of monster movies because that's that's real important. Back in the 60s and the 70s uh, a man by the name of Ray Harryhausen. Back, back further, brother. Nineteen fifty-three. is when he started. That was that first dinosaur movie he made, right? One million a, BC. Wasn't that what it was? Close, if I'm not mistaken. He made the. He was. He was a part of the Mighty Joe Young, which was a King Kong knockoff. Yeah. And then Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms is the one that he made. Right. And the date I have that's 1953. Wow. And then. Godzilla was made, the original Godzilla was made just 18 months after, 16 months after, and it was based on the beast from 20,000 Fathoms. Well, what Harryhausen brought to the screen was a, was a technique that was called stop motion. And what he did was he very, very carefully made clay models that would move. And what he would do is take a shot of his clay model he would move the clay model a little bit take another shot move the clay model a little bit take another shot and compile enough of these single shots into what would look like motion on the screen so you saw the cumulative effects of him moving the clay models and you run that through at 28 frames a second and it's and it's motion and he, at the he, time that was all they had to, they, that's the only way they could make a monster unless you just put a guy in a rubber suit like the japs did when they did the all of those movies but guys in rubber suits don't look like dinosaurs so the the thing that he did there's a couple good documentaries about it they would they would shoot the scene on one side and then he would play that on a screen in reverse and then move his monster in the middle of it and then sandwich that somehow and uh, make it look like that the monster was in the midst of him interacting. There's a couple good documentaries, and uh, the, guy, uh, uh, the guy was just way ahead of his time. And he made these models in his, in his dad's workshop and in his basement, and it was really, really, it's a really interesting story. Well, it was, it was very important because without that... Um, you know, it, it, if you compare Harryhausen stop motion stuff to to modern CG, obviously it doesn't hold up. But at the time, and couple that the pretty good special effects with the a, a willing audience, you had an entertaining product. It was yeah. it was very very good. You know, yeah, it was entertaining. And then they could also like another thing they do is they get some poor lizard and film it so it looked giant walking through stuff that was another technique they did but that wasn't Harryhausen so when when you had um, the beast from 20,000 fathoms 
and then Godzilla, the first Godzilla, we'll talk about that later on, of course. And then there was the movie Them about the giant ants, the irradiated ants, right? Mm-hmm. Ants really don't care about you, right? No, uh, ants are, you know, they're, they're, they're above gonna, all that. So uh, it was, that was, those movies informed the future of monster movies, and they still do. They still inform. Yeah. Very important. Ray Harryhausen. If you've never seen any of his stuff, just for historical uh, purposes, you need to give you need to give that a watch because that's where all of this modern stuff comes from. It's from Harryhausen. He raised the bar. And the skeleton uh, scene, skeleton scenes in the Sinbad movies, right? Oh yes. those? All that oh, stuff. Oh yes. Yeah. What was it? Twenty skeletons moving in a fight scene. That just that's that yeah. was scary, yeah. man. <laughs> skeletons with swords yeah well, you're about a willing audience is very important you got to buy into this you got to go into oh, sure. it with the right you have yeah. to be willing to be entertained yeah you know i mean if you're one of these assholes that sits down to watch a movie and you're constantly comparing what you see in the film to reality well you're just not you're not trying you know you're not able to be entertained and you just need to read a textbook you know, yeah, do something just, else, you know, solve some algebra problems or something, you know, but just, you know, don't bother with this entertainment thing because it's over your head. Okay. It's not, it's not your cup of tea. No, right. no entertainment. Some people just can't be entertained. And I understand that. I understand that completely, but I'm not one of them. I can watch no. a Harry Housen stop motion and enjoy the hell out of it. I, you know? I, I watched a couple of them and you got to get in the right headspace for it. you can't be in a hurry right no you can't be in a hurry for the story but then when it gets to something like the 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 skeleton scenes when and all of that sort of thing it's very it's very clever the way they did it and they're very entertaining and the actors are selling it they're doing their yeah. best to sell it right right so it can be a good it can be a good watch so right. do you remember seeing the movie them how long ago has it been since you saw the oh movie that's them? been 30. 40 years Maybe. ago. I might have seen yeah. it once a long, long, long time ago. I'm going to revisit it soon. I haven't seen it and since yeah. I was a kid. I just got such fond memories of how scary it was and the chattering noise they made when oh, they came I, after. I remember going to see all those kinds of movies uh, at the theater, you know, and there was one movie that I, what was it called? The Blob? You remember that? Blob. The, the Blob. Blob. It's like a big Sounds green... Uh, piece of silly putty and it engulfed <laughs> people it was the stupidest thing you've ever seen but man it was fun to go to the theater <laughs> and yeah, watch, yeah. watch these kind of stupid ass b horror movies yeah it was pretty <laughs> good so anyway well we've got as is our usual custom here we've got a list of movies for you guys we've got some honorable mention movies and we're going to discuss why they're only honorable mention and we've got uh, a uh, a list of solid top five movies that we are yeah. going to uh, that we're going to present to you. And I I promise you that we are probably going to disappoint you. All right, because we're going to stick with our definition of what a monster movie is. All right. Uh, So, in order to demonstrate what we mean by what a monster movie is and what a monster movie is not, let's just go right to the top of the pile 
And we're going to tell you, boys and girls, we're going to tell you that King Kong is not a monster movie. Now, that comes as a shock, doesn't it? King Kong is not a monster movie. The world's biggest gorilla. Well, he is not part of the revamped monster verse, Rip. Yeah, I know. They, they fucked that up, didn't they? And they, uh, they didn't he's consult a sympathetic us. character. He's you know? a sympathetic character, right? Uh, the love story. The yep. King Kong is a sympathetic character. King Kong loves the girl. King Kong doesn't just randomly destroy everything in front of him. Now, there are plenty of examples of that taking place. But King Kong is not one of them. Remember that stupid-ass movie? that uh, what, Just one of the stupid-ass movies that Stephen King was involved in called Cujo. The poor old yeah, dog. Yeah, it's about the sick dog. The, about, sick the, dog. The, about, the, about a St. Bernard with rabies. Now, look, yeah. I love dogs, all right? Cujo's not evil. Cujo is sick. And Stephen King wants you to hate Cujo because he's sick. Stephen King is a stupid son of a bitch. He you know? hates his characters. God, I hate, he hates that his guy. characters. Yeah, he he, he really does character. hate his characters. You're absolutely everybody that's in his movies is a victim of Stephen King. Yeah, he doesn't. Um, he's had a couple home runs. We'll talk about them later on. But the he hates his characters and Cujo. I mean, if you don't like a dog, if you the dog should not be the bad guy. No, you can't I make a, a big pretty Saint Bernard with rabies into a villain. I'm sorry, that's misplaced. And this this probably explains his politics as well, doesn't it? Because he's he's an insufferable fool. But uh, you know, you can't. So Godzilla, I mean, I mean, King Kong is a is a is a he's really the good guy in the movie. He's out there on Skull Island, minding his own goddamn business. You know, just dealing with life on Skull Island, yeah. minding his own business. And what do these assholes do? They come along and take him to New York City. Well, that'd piss anybody off, wouldn't it? Just you somebody know? going to New York City pisses you off. Thinking yes. about New York City pisses you off. So right. yeah, going there even worse. Yeah, yeah. You know, being taken involuntarily to New York City. So yeah. which? So it's pretty clear he's not a he's not a bad guy. No, he's a hero protector. He ends up saving the day on a couple of these different movies pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original was a different thing when they shot him down. Which, from the from the most recent ones, I'm going to talk. I, I'm interested in. But, you know, even on the original, he loved the girl. He loved the girl. That's right. He, he loved the girl. So, so they. Yeah, it, it's not a monster. He's a sympathetic character. He's a hero protector, and no wonder he was pissed off because they drug him off his damn island and took him to New York City. Right. Kind of right. hard to argue. How would right. you not sympathize with that? You know. Well, yeah, yeah, agreed. So, which one did which one did you like of the King Kongs? Which one did you like the most? Well, the best one. one, the the best one I liked. Uh, the best one I think was done was was the Peter Jackson version in two thousand five. I that think was, so too. It, Peter Jackson just doesn't make mistakes in movies. Every no. shot is perfect. Every effect is perfect everything is worked on until i mean you can watch every one of peter jackson's movies 10 times and not find an error in the production he, he takes it all very seriously right 
He takes it all very seriously. All the details are taken very, very seriously. I mean, if and you've seen think, the trilogy, you understand how important details are to Peter Jackson. Yeah. It's an I, amazing, I, I, amazing series of films. And, I can rewatch that one again and again. He's, he's good there. I think Peter Jackson's uh, Kong 20, 2005, if you haven't seen that, you got to see it. Yeah. You got to see that one for Peter Jackson's mastery. Of, of making films and for the version of Kong. I think that's the, I, I like that one the most. Circus did that. Andy Circus is his motion capture guy. Really? And yeah, he was the, just the guy that played Gollum in the, in the trilogy was, that was Kong. And he was in the cast too. He was also one of the guys in the cast, but that's interesting. guy's a genius. The guy is a genius, man. He's not just the, the subject of the motion capture stuff he's worked on that technology and he he's you know developed it he and the production guys developed that so you can look at Gollum you can look at you can look at Andy Serkis moving like Gollum and then they change him into Gollum and the same damn thing happened with Kong it's amazing it's just absolutely amazing how they do this it's a uh, it's a unique type of performance. Yes, you know? it is. I've 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 heard uh, stuntmen talk about not only do they got to do the stunt, they got to do the performance part of the stunt as well. Right. And I've always found that to be very interesting. You know, whatever the hell you're into, not only are you trying to live through whatever you're doing, but you got to right. do the performance part as well. So you're trying so, not to get killed while staying in character. <laughs> You know, that's, that's, no. that's more than Gwyneth Paltrow has ever done, isn't it? Yeah, I, there's so many movies I, had, I don't see anymore. I just don't even glance at them if they've got certain people in them. Right. Um, so Kong Skull Island, part of the 2017 Monsterverse. Have you mm. seen that one recently? Uh, you know, I just got that. Uh, I, I knew we weren't going to include it, but I, I bought it anyway and i i think i started it uh no 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 i started that was the other godzilla movie uh the uh i've got that to watch so no i haven't seen it it's, and i it's, you know i'm not excited about watching it i really am not i can't king kong has never been one of my favorite things anyway and i can't even tell you why that is it's worth a watch uh but it's you're not i mean it's the effects are good and the acting's interesting. Uh, nothing horrible about it. I like the fact that it's part of this big monster verse, even though I don't particularly like some of the movies in the monster verse. But it's it's worth a watch. It's worth a watch. Well, I, all right, I'll watch it. I'm, I'm I'm not doing anything else anyway, so I might as well. If you hadn't bought it, I don't think I would. Re- I know that I'm sometimes I'm very careful about recommending a movie to you because I know that you only buy your media. Right, so I don't want you to have to buy a damn DVD if it or a Blu-ray if it's not going to be. If it's five bucks, what difference does it make? You know, that's true. Cheaper than a movie ticket, right? Yeah. And I've got it there, and in case it's good, I can watch it again. All right, so I'd much rather own it because you know the uh, director of health and human services may at some point decide that we don't need to see Godzilla. He knows more about what you need to see than you do, Rick. Yes, he does. So, yes, I'm not does. sure I have and, to argue. That. You know, I hate to be 
I hate to be contrary, but I, you know, I kind of always reluctant to cede my decisions to some piece of shit like bureaucrat, some bureaucrat, uh, uh, Mayorkas or one of these other people, you know. Uh, Anyway, uh, so King Kong is in our honorable mention and. You know, he's in the honorable mention just because you expected to be in the in the in the discussion. But there's not any way on earth that King Kong is a monster by our definition, and we are going to stick to our definition because it makes logical sense and it gives order to an otherwise chaotic universe. It makes logical sense viewed through the right. lens that we are talking about giant monsters. Yes, giant. Giant A-list monsters, right? Yeah. All right. So, with that in mind, the dragon movie Reign of Fire. I just finished this yesterday. I've seen it several times. I, I finished watching it again last night, and God almighty, that's a good movie. So, last night was you the know, first time I've seen Fire. I fired it up on the TV, and I watched it last night. And uh, I almost texted you. The, it needs to be higher on the list. I, I really was, do think it does because it's it a, was ignored. That's a damn good movie, came, you know. It was ignored when it came out. Yes. it's got two. It's got three A-list actors. Really, three of them. Right. One of them you don't even recognize. It's got three A-list actors. The the damn dragons Perfect. are the dragons that we like. They're Perfect fire breathing dragons. They can fly and they're brutal and they're tough and uh, they are monsters. By God. Yeah, they are. They and, are uh, monsters. The interesting part of that movie to me was well, the interesting part of the script to me was the was the backstory they devised for this. So you're in you know, you're in uh in London, right? And you're you're working underground, you're gonna expand the 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 subway system in London, which is already way too fucking big. But you're down there digging around and you you enter a void space, and in that void space, there is a dragon. And the dragon wakes up and flies up out of this out of the void space and destroys the earth. He reproduces and, the- and destroys the earth and makes little dragons way faster than anybody understands how he did it, and the whole damn thing is destroyed. All over the earth, civilization is destroyed by dragons. In and, amount of amount of years, like yeah. a small amount of years, just yes, a few years. A couple of years. Yeah. And yeah. you go from bustling civilization to ashes. And dragons eat ashes. And so dragons were yeah. responsible for the end of the dinosaurs. And interesting stuff like this. You know, that's thinking pretty hard, and I I just enjoyed the the backstory. I thought it was a it was fascinating. To, you might not even have picked up on that, only having I, watched it once. But I, the backstory slipped by me on the the, the 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 newspaper clippings. I had to go back and take a look at the newspaper clippings. Um, the movie starts out with these guys digging this giant hole, big tunnel. You got a young Christian Bale, right? Mm-hmm. You don't you don't know his character. They just shove him in that hole to see what's in there. I just found that so ridiculous and over the top. It sets yeah. the stage for what movie you're going to see. Right, right, right. You got a little kid there crawling that hole to see what's in there. 
Go ahead, look. They didn't think look. any. Uh, well, who would imagine? <laughs> There's a fucking dragon in there. Don't send it to kid. There's a dragon in there. Well, they, you know, they in their defense, they didn't know. So, so Christian Bale plays his character straight up, without a without a, a wink, without nothing. He plays it straight up, all the ridiculousness going on, and then uh, Matthew McConaughey plays his slightly unhinged, which he's really good at that slightly unhinged oh, yeah. stuff. You know, he gets that look in his eye where that American Psycho look where he says, "This guy's got unhinged," and uh, it's it's like they they embrace how ridiculous everything they do is they, they embrace right. the ridiculousness of this and these dragons are terrifying and these dragons will kill you and you've developed a prayer that you say every night before you go to bed so you so the kids know what to do when the dragons show up right it, it needs to be higher up on the list it hasn't been it hasn't if we can introduce rain of fire to people then this will be a well-served uh podcast yes i think that uh this is You've probably seen all the other stuff that we're going to talk about today, but you you probably have not seen Rain of Fire, and you need to ignore Rotten Tomatoes, all right? Just, for God's sakes, ignore Rotten Tomatoes anyway. But Rain of Fire is a damn good movie, and you you need to watch it. It is is an entertaining, a monster movie as there's ever been made. It's uh, got a quality script quality actors everybody in it is good gerard butler's in it christian bale matthew mcconaughey a beautiful girl helicopter pilot helicopter pilot alex beautiful girl polish actress uh this is a this is a great movie it's a great movie little kids are good little kids in this movie the the whole damn thing everything about it is is top notch I don't know why it hadn't gotten more attention than it has, but it is a damn good movie, and I'm I'm happy to include it in our list here. Uh, now, we've got uh, several things uh, in the uh, in the honorable mention, and uh, probably the, the the most recognizable one of these things is Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park is uh, you know, see that's a that's another monster movie that's just a, a damn good monster movie. It spawned a big franchise. It in, it it uh, influenced a whole bunch of other movies that came after it. It was a very very important movie, and uh, it was made in 1993, damn near 30 years ago. It's crazy. Damn right? near Crichton. thirty years ago, and the and the special effects are one hundred percent believable today. It was an amazing thing he did with that movie. You know, yeah, you you buy into the fact that these Velociraptors are chasing these kids. Yes, right. That you kitchen scene that. where the Velociraptors come through the door looking for the kids and yeah. hop up on the. Ta- I don't know how in the hell they did that because that's <laughs> that this looks like a Velociraptor. You look yep. at that thing real close, look at it in HD, and the goddamn thing is believable as a dinosaur. <laughs> did, you know? did you go back and read the book again after you no. watched the movie? No, I didn't have time. It's, it's, it's very interesting. It's interesting to read how much, 
how how he leaned on that Velociraptor, how how dangerous they were. Well, and Michael I, I, Crichton wrote that, and Crichton, right. Michael Crichton is a brilliant guy. He was he was top notch in terms of yeah. having wonderful ideas, and his idea for the for the Jurassic Park is that in amber that fell off of trees back in the Cretaceous mosquitoes were trapped and in those mosquitoes were the dna of dinosaurs and he's figured out a technology to extract that dna and clone the dinosaurs that's the premise of the whole thing that's why we have these dinosaurs available in the park and you get what you get when you clone a dinosaur and it just you know i mean on its face that's perfectly plausible isn't it Perfectly plausible. If you can, if you can just suspend, you know, the actual question is how in the hell is this DNA not degraded over seventy-five million years? Then how has it been stable in the amber? Well, you, you know, can it's buy sealed. It. All right, you can buy it. Do it. Yeah, I can yeah. buy that. Sure. I can buy into that. You know, I mean, they're they're they they found mammoths frozen in Siberia. They're all over the place up there frozen mammoths that uh, uh the meat is uh edible you know the dna will be intact in in these things i'm shocked that nobody has actually cloned a mammoth at this point probably coming you know it's, that'll and dinosaurs are monsters it's the closest thing we've ever had to monsters walking the earth that we're aware yeah. of right oh absolutely absolutely yeah. it's, you are protein to a monster yeah. you are protein yeah. That's all you are. So Jurassic Park, you know, if you haven't watched that in a while, you need to go back and revisit Jurassic Park. It's a damn good movie. Just watch the first one. You can, you know, run down all the sequels and stuff and everything gets the special effects get better. I don't know that the story gets any more important as as it goes along. But that first Jurassic Park in 93, the Spielberg film, you need to see that as part of this monster movie thing we're talking about today. Now, here's a little movie that I promise you nobody has seen. All right, none of you guys have seen this, but it's good. It's good. It's it's kind of funny. It is, uh, it's very clever. It's very well done. It's called Troll Hunter. <laughs> it was made in 2010. It's a Norwegian film. It's called Troll Hunter. And uh, the... The uh, the thing was shot in Norway, in the forests of Norway, and the premise is that there are trolls, great big ugly stupid things that walk around and fuck stuff up, trolls. And they need to be hunted. They have to be hunted because they 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 come down out of the mountains and they start fucking stuff up, and they got to be controlled. You know, they're just like, you know, like a cropping officer in Africa. You know, you got too many elephants around. You got to thin them out. You know, it's not something you want to enjoy, gotta, not something you want to do, but it has to be done. And you got a government agency that oversees this. Right. And they don't have very good retirement benefits. And they don't have very good, uh, if you get injured on the job, they don't they don't pay very well for that either. Right. So you just have to keep showing up and Stand, hunt these trolls. Standard deal, right? Standard Yep. Just a standard deal. And uh, you'd rather be somewhere else doing some other shit, but there's a troll, and we got to go sort him out. 
So you got a little, you know, little four-wheel drive Jeep-looking device that you drive around in. You got a camper. You stay on location in the camper and stuff. And then when the, you got some special equipment, and when you locate the troll, you deal with the troll. And then you got a bunch of college kids that are doing some sort of uh, documentary on you that may or may not be approved that you keep getting reminded that these college kids shouldn't be there doing this documentary on you. Right, because they're idiots. And, uh, but nonetheless, here we are with them and we got to deal with them because they're not going to leave. So we involve them in our troll hunt. (laughs) This is really a a pretty good movie. It really is. It's a, it's a damned interesting movie. They've got, uh, they've got some interesting stuff in this movie. Like the, you've seen the power lines, the cross country power lines with the big metal towers and stuff. You know what those actually are? It would never have occurred to you, but you know what those actually are? <laughs> That's a fence. That's an yes. electric fence to keep the trolls in. Yes. Next time you drive down the highway and you see one of these things, just keep in mind that that's a fence. That's not yeah. a power line. And and the only and the armor that the guy the armor that the guy puts on looks like armor that you would make in your backyard out of trash hammer cans. and tin <laughs> and trash can. It is ridiculous looking, and he goes out there to fight these trolls with that armor on, and of course he gets the hell knocked out of him, which is no surprise because his armor is made out of trash cans. But it really is funny. It's it's it delivers some pretty good scares and some creepy moments. Uh, well, because that, that, the special effects of the trolls are just real good. Yeah, they're you they're know? good. They're, they're great just, special effects. You know the uh, the troll with two heads, right? The second head's not really a head. It just looks like. No. A head. This looks like it. What sells the movie is how nonchalant they are about everything. Yeah. That's what's it's another troll. God. It's another troll. I'd rather yeah. not have to do this, but I got to go kill this troll. So and they need to see Rain of Fire and they need to see Troll Hunter. Need to see Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter is a great little film. 2010, Norwegian. All the actors are Norwegian. The Norwegian director. Uh, what's the guy's name? Otto Jesperson, I think, is his name. The. The, the actor that played the troll hunter, he's a Norwegian comedian. He's apparently pretty funny. But there's, there's a, what's good about this what's good about this is, like John said, it's just the nonchalant, matter-of-fact way that the guy <laughs> approaches killing trolls. Yeah. <laughs> he's like a dishwasher in a cafe. Right. This That's is just the, something I've got to, you know... <laughs> His degree oh, of emotional Oh, God. Oh, my. <laughs> Troll Hunter. Make damn sure you see it. Now, here's another one that we're going to put in the honorable mention category, and that's The Mummy. All right? Now, the most recent Mummy movie was, uh, was the Tom Cruise thing in 2017. And... Uh, it was directed by Alex Kurtzman, uh, a guy I'm not really familiar with, but it's hard to keep track of all these guys. But this is Sophia Butella is in it, and it's she's a female mummy. All right, uh, you know the mummy. I, when I was a kid, the mummy was scary because the mummy was a basically a bandage wrapped zombie. 
He moved real slow. He was completely, totally unconcerned with your welfare. And, uh, you know. Shooting little puffs of dust would show up where you yeah, shot him. Yeah, you can't kill him. He's already and dead. So, that, you know? that the, the Mummy movie with Tom Cruise, it had a couple things good. They attempted to restart Universal's Monsters, right? Yeah. And that was an attempt, and it didn't work. They had a couple little nuggets of gloriousness that could have been but never were in there. I mean, if you got Russell Crowe and and you introduce him as a character hat called, uh, uh, you know, Dr. Jekyll. Jekyll. <laughs> and you miss that punk and you screw that finish on that, then it's very disappointing. Um, Cruz performs as always. He commits a hundred percent. And Cruz you- is an amazing character. He really is. He, he's he's not really about- a character actor in the sense that, uh, Christian Bale or Gary Oldman's a character actor, but he, he selects his characters that he can play believably. He plays a guy whose motivations vary from character to character, but he, he's always playing a, a, a young, handsome, leading man type character, and he does it well. He just, I mean, you can bitch about him all you want to about Scientology and all this other bullshit, but the goddamn guy is good at this. He delivers. He, he delivers. Every he one delivers. of the his performances is a is a gem you know yeah he the, the the issue with the mummy movie is it wasn't a mummy movie it wasn't about a mummy the 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 girl that plays the mummy is painfully good looking sophia botella is yeah. she's a she was in atomic blonde if you remember her as the french agent uh, atomic blonde yeah. yeah that's right yeah. but she uh so it's a good movie it moves right along it's interesting they missed the they missed the mark on a couple big ticket things. There's one mm-hmm. scene where they're walking through a, a laboratory and you get to see all of the, the the potential things you might see in other movies. And that was a very cool scene, but it wasn't even delivered. Yeah, well. they were tr- they were going to use that as a as part of their monster verse yeah. deal. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah, uh, and it just didn't. It just didn't happen. But it didn't gel. The whole damn thing just didn't gel. This movie was it's all right. But it's, it's, it does not represent uh, the level of uh, film that all of the rest of the stuff we're going to talk about today. It's no. not it's not anywhere close to it. It was, uh, but it's not Tom Cruise's fault. It's not the actor's fault. It was. Uh, I don't think the the studio had a clear idea of what they wanted out of this thing, and. Uh, the the script was sloppy in some places and it just it just didn't measure up yeah you know it's a fair assessment yeah you know and and if you guys look this up on rotten tomatoes it probably got 100 percent. just you know i i don't know but uh you know just judging from our experience with rotten tomatoes they hate what we love and they love what we hate so So that that's the mummy i don't i don't think it's I don't think it's an actual mummy movie at all, but uh, you guys can uh, do what you want to with that. Now, uh, let's get into, uh, let's go ahead and get Frankenstein out of the way. Uh, We're at the top five territory now. Frankenstein has to be in a discussion of monster movies. Whether I want it to be or not, I have never been a big fan 
of the Frankenstein genre. And I can't so, even tell you why. I just there's something about it I never have liked. It's not fascinating to me like it is to lots and lots of people. Uh, one of the best Frankenstein movies ever made was Young Frankenstein. <laughs> yes, you and, know that, and, that, yeah. that was a fabulous movie. You know, yeah, it was, Young it was a fabulous comedy. But so, uh, so Young Frankenstein was a fabulous Frankenstein movie. Yeah, it it's. It, it is the best done of all the Frankenstein movies. And when you watch another Frankenstein movie, the only reason that the, some of the parts hit is because they remind you of young Frankenstein. <laughs> I mean, you Mel know? Brooks just made a, I've seen that thing 10 or 15 times back when it was made in 74, I watched it and it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It was a, that is a magnificent film. It really is. It's funny as hell. The beautiful Cloris Leachman is in the thing. Uh, <laughs> you know, and Marty Feldman uh, was Igor. <laughs> and, uh, oh, there's it, it, just so many, so many brilliant performances in that. It was just, it was. It, the other movies wouldn't be as good if no. you didn't watch that first. Right. So, so the. The, the 1931 and, and you know they used the laboratory hardware from the 1931 movie in so young that, frankenstein that, so that's what I, that's one of the things i mean when you're the watching continuity young is, when you watch the 1931 version the, the continuity the is because they used the same shit they used the same so the they same had stuff. all of that equipment in a back lot somewhere and they dragged it out and set it up and shot the 1974 Young Frankenstein with the same equipment they it was it was used in the 1931 Boris Karloff film. So you when know. you when people go back and watch the original 1931 movie, and they find it interesting for historical reasons, right? They're going to compare it shot for shot to Young Frankenstein, and they're going to be looking for that same office equipment. Right. 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 And uh, and it's, it's there, man. It's there. Yeah. It's amazing. I found an interesting little little factoid while I was looking at some of this. But do you know that Boris Karloff's Boris Karloff was an English actor by the name of William Henry Pratt? Didn't know that. I didn't either. Had no idea. Boris Karloff is a Eastern European name, and I'd always just assumed, you know, from. That he, if you had, if you had William to choose Henry Pratt was Boris Karloff, and uh, but he came up with that 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 voice, you know the voice, just where you hear. You know what's so cool is here we are a few days before Halloween. We're filming this a few days. Before yeah, Halloween. yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder if I'll get to hear the Monster Mash. Remember the song, the Monster Mash. <sighs> you'll you'll hear the Monster Mash oh. at some point. And you'll also be watching TV, and they'll be playing one of these goofy 70s horror movies, and you'll get sucked in so quick you won't be able to get out of it. And you'll continue to watch it. With, with, the uh, Monster Mash. Yeah, you'll listen to the Monster Mash. They did uh, the Monster Mash. It caught so, on in a flash. So what was, what was, Boris, oh. what was Boris Karloff's name? What was his name? William Henry Pratt. Well, if was you had it? to choose between Willie Pratt and Boris Karloff, nah, Boris Karloff, it's Boris. obvious what happened, right? 
Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah a, that'd be that's, that's a great, you know, that'd be my screen name too. God Almighty. Yeah. So Frankenstein uh, culminates, of course, in the 1994 version of the movie, directed by Kenneth Branagh, starring starring our our role model Robert De Niro. <laughs> For all political choices. I really hate that fucking guy. I I really do. Um, yeah. Ever since. See, this is Robert De Niro is why, if you're an actor, you keep your mouth shut. We don't care about Robert De Niro's opinion of Donald Trump. All right? All of the best actors, the guys that remain believable in their roles, like Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Keanu Reeves, they shut the fuck up. You don't know how any of those three guys vote, you know, because you know, I don't even they know reserve I their comments about this sort of thing. They don't. I, I'm know. not sure that I would refer to it as shutting the fuck up. I think that they intelligently choose not to talk about it. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a choice thing. that they've I mean, made. They, you know what I mean? You know, nobody, nobody told them to shut the fuck up. No, but they, no, nobody's going to go up to somebody like Keanu Reeves and say, listen, don't talk about this. He's going to probably be like, well, fuck you. He, he's just intelligently made the choice. He's intelligently made the choice to retain his ability to play a character in a film yeah. without yeah. bringing baggage with him. And, you know, De Niro just doesn't understand this. That having been said, that was a very good movie. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it was, a, and, and it, it really is interesting to me watching that again, that it, it was, it's damn near 30 years old. Uh, that's kind of hard. To it, too. it really yeah. is. Cause it's a, it's a modern film. And, uh, Kenneth Branagh is the excellent director. He's an excellent actor. He's done so many good things. His wife, Emma Thompson is, is a brilliant actress, beautiful mm -hmm. girl. Uh, together, they have done a lot of important things, and uh, I—I'll revisit it. I, yeah. Oh, it's probably worth watching if you can stand it. But right. Uh, right. that's the—that's uh, the uh, probably the latest, most relevant installation of the of the Frankenstein genre. Okay. And I, you know, I, again, I don't like it. I don't like it. I never have liked the Frankenstein movies. And I can't even tell you why, but uh, it, it would be stupid to leave it out because it's obviously, you know, yeah. part of the it's 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 part of the genre. It's got to be considered. Well, those Universal monsters, right? The the ones that was Universal Studios. They those monsters have been enduring, good or bad, since they decided they were monsters. Oh yeah, I mean they've, yeah, they've, they've captured endured. the imagination of the public, and when when. You think monster. There's five or six things you think about. Yes, you know, yep. and uh, and the Wolfman is certainly one of them. Now, the Wolfman genre is uh, that 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 there have been many, 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 many Wolfman movies made, just like there have been many Godzilla movies and many Frankenstein movies and many vampire movies. Uh, Wolfman. Uh, the the best one is as far as I'm concerned, that's ever been made was made in 2010. It's the one you've all seen with Benicio del Toro and Anthony Hopkins and Emily Blunt. 
and Hugo Weaving. That is a damn good movie. I watch it, deliver, it all. It delivers the time. as a movie. It delivers as a werewolf movie, right? Yes. It it supports the it covers supports all the, the bases. Legends. Yeah, supports the the mythology, the rules of being a werewolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, Lon Chaney's original depiction of the werewolf with the he brought this curse on himself. He was cursed. He's the one that did this. He's the one that brought it on himself, and this is a price he has to pay, right? Right. That. He delivers there. That movie's tough to watch now from anything other than a historical perspective because it's right. so slow. But the, the Benicio del Toro movie holds up as a modern movie, and you get to see what these uh, what a werewolf would be capable of, right? And uh, the special effects were good. Oh, it delivered. Excellent special effects. Excellent yeah, special effects. The script is, is virtually perfect. There's not – it's one of these – it's one of these Peter Jackson quality films. You know, he was not the director of this thing. Uh, yeah. Joe Johnson was the director of this thing, but but this was a um, this is a flawless film. It really the, it's one of these things you can watch over and over again. And most films you watch them over and over again, you get to the point where you see holes in the script or the plot or the photography or something. There's a mistake somewhere. There's not any mistakes in this movie. It's a perfect film. I think that the it, people have complained that they that they telegraphed the punchline on that movie a little too hard, right? They telegraphed the reveal. I think that telegraphing was part of the movie. I think that they wanted to invite you in on what on what you saw coming with the characters, and mm-hmm. I think that they wanted you to be a part of that. I don't think that was by accident. I don't think that that they telegraphed it accidentally. I, I was not. To be a part I, I didn't ever have a problem with the way they developed that reveal i, I yeah. have, it, it was perfect i think what, that they, they if showed you, you got a problem with that you're just trying to find something wrong with it yeah yeah so anthony hopkins can he can say so much without saying anything i think that that's what they were using they were using mm-hmm. that ability for him to communicate without saying a word so that you knew what the hell was going on mm-hmm. and uh I mean, he was an older guy. Yeah. When he when he filmed this, it's 2010. It's 12 years ago, and he's yeah. in his 80s now. Is he? See that old? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I mean, he was physically he was an older older man when he did this, and it's a physical role. Sure. You know, but sure. he was so believable in this thing. His his emotional perspective from from the perspective of the character. It was absolutely perfect. It's absolutely you have to watch it and look at the way he looks at his son, and you look at the way he looks at everybody else around him. Look at his, you know, he knows he's the beast. He he, he is the predator, right? He is the predator. He knows he he's the, the beast. He's the he loves yeah. his son, but he's the beast. Sometimes you got to eat your young. Sometimes you have to let the beast out. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you let the beast out. Sometimes when the beast is out, he does bad things. And in this case, you know, the beast did bad things to people he loved. But he's the beast. It's not his fault. This is the way shit is. And he (laughs) lets the beast out. And it's, I'm telling you, there has never been... A case for 
physical strength and the production of force against an external resistance better made than the wolfman (laughs) (laughs) the wolfman is strong he can produce force (laughs) the wolfman can produce enough force to knock your head all the way off of your body (laughs) and oh man i'm telling you that 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 scene early in the film where he uh where he beheads the guy yes with uh, a, just like a swat just like you smash a, a fly it's yeah, like killing a, a fly just a swat oh it's amazing it's amazing and every other every other time you you just believe that this guy is really 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 strong and it's uh it's it's an interesting i, I don't know i love that movie because of the i like the the sets I like the castle. I like the pub. I like the, the small road. British town, the yeah. roads, the shots, the landscape shots. Everything about this thing is a fabulous movie. I, you know, hell, I think I'm going to watch it again tonight. Now that I'm, <laughs> now that I'm talking about it, I just love the thing. Get warmed up. For oh it. yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a great film, and the Wolfman franchise is you know it's a genre more than a franchise. It's a uh, the Wolfman genre has been dealt with many times. One of my favorite early uh, Wolfman movies is called is called The Curse of the Werewolf, and it has Oliver Reed in it. One of my <laughs> favorite actors, Oliver Reed, nineteen sixty one. Oliver Reed was a famous crazy person, and uh, he was a very very convincing actor, probably because he was crazy, and. This movie in, in 1961 is very good. It holds up pretty well. For, a, for a movie that old, it holds up very well. And uh, he makes an excellent werewolf. That You know, the, the changeover from man to werewolf is kind of, you know, it's just hard to compete with modern CG. You know, I, I, yeah, they still I handled like... it pretty good, you know. He, he's interesting to watch, to be with, a lot of times because you know he's a crazy person. Uh, I, I tried to rewatch uh, American Werewolf in London the other day because I remember it so fondly. And, and I thought that's a maybe, 1981 movie, and that was before CG, also. And it was, but so it was a pretty good movie, wasn't it? Pretty good movie. I I, I didn't uh, I didn't do well revisiting it. It didn't hold up for me right. personally. Maybe I wasn't in the right mood for it, but I just remembered it so fondly because of the humor, horror aspect of right. things, you know. Right. Yeah, and that but, was that was a big part of the thing. The thing was half comedy, half horror. Yeah. And, uh, it, you know, the I don't know that I would make a full on recommendation other than for the historical part of it. Right. But it was. So the Wolfman. You can watch the Lon Chaney version for historical purposes. Best one made is the Wolfman 2010 with Benicio del Toro. And then uh, if you want to watch uh, uh, Oliver Reed, uh, then the uh, Curse of the Wolfman going back. Curse uh, of the Werewolf. Is, oh, I'm sorry. The cur- curse of the Werewolf is the actual title. Oh, I, I made that same mistake when I was trying to look it up. It's the Curse of the Werewolf. <laughs> Oliver Reed, 1961. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a great film. Yeah. It really is just for historical purposes. I would rather see that than the Lon Chaney version. Lon Chaney is watching it as homework assignment. And then, of course, after the uh, the Wolfman, we've already discussed Frankenstein. We've already discussed King Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, one of the 
classic horror movie monsters of all time is uh, in in the popular conception, it'd have to be Dracula. It'd have to be vampires. And now, once again, we've got issues. With we've them. got issues with that definition because it doesn't fit. It does not fit what we're talking about here. Uh, so before we talk about the best one made, if if you look at, I set through Nosferatu, so our audience does not have to set through Nosferatu. Right, right. If you look at that Nosferatu, that that vampire is a monster. There's no right. doubt about it. No humanity a, in him at all. He's a he's a monster, and they they did a lot of things that set the rules for vampires. It was very interesting. Um, it that was thing a, was a was a actually a essentially a plagiarism. Yes, it was of the Bram, Bram Stoker's novel. And yep. Rusty points out that they got there was a lawsuit about it. it you couldn't go see it for a long time. Yeah, right? they there renamed the characters, but it was just lifted from the book. Yeah, they're about to remake that movie with William Defoe. And I think the uh, <laughs> they're the going director, to remake Nosferatu. Yeah, I believe it's the director of uh, the Lighthouse and um, what was it, The Witch? I think uh, he's he's going to be doing it. Well, that might be real damn interesting. Yeah. The The Witch was damn good. Witch was damn good horror movie. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that. That was that was a very very well done horror movie. Uh, well, I wish him luck because that that ought to be an interesting addition to the genre. Because um, yeah. yeah. nothing. You know, in terms of vampire movies, nothing's been made since Bram Stoker's Dracula 1992, the the Coppola film, that's even touches it. That no, that movie is so that. good. But once again, Bram Stoker's Dracula is a very, very faithful movie adaptation of the novel. But it's not... A monster movie. It he's is, not a monster. He's, he's he's in love, right? He's, That's it. That is a love story. Yeah, yeah. It's a very it's a it's a profound love story across oceans of time, as he says. And it's uh, you know the damn thing is good. That's All a good movie, but it's not a monster movie because it's about love, and monsters do not love. No, Monsters don't just, even you're, you're like. Just, you're just fuel. You're just fuel for them. You're so, protein to a monster. So the characters in the Dracula 1992 are so clearly defined. You know, they've got the, the European version of what a Texan would be, that character, right? right? You've got all these different versions of who these people would be. Right. And uh, it's just really well done. They just it's just delivers. I can watch that. I can watch that movie over and over again. I have. I've it. probably seen it twenty times. I just love it. If you're gonna watch that movie for the first time, be sure and set through the credits. There is yeah. a song at the end of that movie, uh, sung by Annie Lennox, called "Love Song of the Vampire," and it's it's uh, oh, it's heartbreaking. It's a fabulous piece of music. You need to watch that. You need to watch all the way through the credits. It doesn't start immediately at the at the start of the end credits. It picks up about oh, probably forty five seconds into the credits, and uh, she sings this thing, and it's a it's a great tune. Uh, 
but I, but in, in terms of a vampire movie that is a monster movie, 30 Days of Night is probably the best example we could come up with uh, where monsters are, are, are vampires. That is a, it's a disturbing movie. The, it's not a feel-good movie. No, Thirty Days of Night is not a feel-good no, movie. No, it's not. That Thirty Days of Night was made in two thousand seven, and it uh, oh. it was very. They they thought about that quite a bit. the The vampires have a language, kind of a primitive language composed of clicks and little noises and stuff. The all of them have very what appears to be very bad breath. They're just, they're just, they're physically very, very strong, like monsters ought to be, and they don't care about anything except eating you. That's all. You are protein to these people. Yeah, and the attacks are quick and vicious and brutal and final. Fi- very, very final. Yeah, and it's clear that it's a disease, and they're transmitting it to the people they attack, and they multiply and reproduce mm. like that. And uh, the bloodborne disease, and uh, it is it—it's—it's—it's uh, it, it's dis- it's disturbing for several reasons. It's disturbing because it's set in Barrow, Alaska, um, during uh, the time of year when the sun doesn't come up, and. You know they got some of that wrong, but it's not pitch dark up there all the time. There's it's just the sun is not above the horizon, and uh, but that's enough for a vampire because the 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 vampire rules still apply. Sunlight destroys a vampire, burns right. them to ashes. Right. And uh, so we 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 did at least preserve that part of the thing so it's disturbing because it's you're isolated in barrow alaska but it's it's disturbing because of the way the vampires ply their trade these are these are horrible i mean these are these are not like i can't think of another animal i can't think of an animal that hates the thing it kills these things hate you. They're they, pissed they, off because they're vampires. They're they're pack hunters as well too. Yes. Which it um, it uh, it's a disturbing movie. It's a it's a it's a bloodbath. There's yeah. plenty of blood. It's and, not something you want to watch over and over and over like uh, like Bram Stoker's Dracula. I can watch that anytime you want to watch it with me. But I, this this damn thing is not pleasant. You probably shouldn't get attached to any one character in that movie. No, I wouldn't be attached to any of them. I really yeah. wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, there's only one of them makes it out alive, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it, that damn thing is a that's a no shit monster movie involving vampires, <laughs> and that's about no shit monster movie. There's no <laughs> doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Keep that in mind when you when you compare Bram Stoker's Dracula to Thirty Days of Night. Two completely different takes on yes. what is essentially the same subject. Let's get serious here and talk about actual monster movies from hell. Godzilla is the archetype of monsters. Gojira right. was the Japanese movie 
that started all of this, and that was back in the 40s, I think, wasn't it? I think the date that I saw was Godzilla 1954. 54, right, right, not the 40s. It had been after that would the, have been in the World War II. We weren't listening. We weren't prepared to listen to anything Japan had to say in nineteen in the nineteen forties. But by nineteen fifty four, they had recovered to a respectable place in you know maybe the world. Uh, we started watching their uh, their samurai movies, and they 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 remember and, and, things. Horrible things were very recent in their memories, right? Yes. So, so the you look at the what they called suitmation, where you got a guy in a rubber suit. Right? Guy in a, a rubber suit, rubber. not terribly convincing. Oh. Doesn't hold up well to modern audiences. That's the thing you're looking at there. But then you look at the bleakness of the natural disaster and the national calamity, and that movie sells that bleakness. It sells it still, I think. Mm-hmm. It uh, yeah. it doesn't necessarily hold up because of the guy in a rubber suit thing. But the, the the darkness and the bleakness comes through in that movie. You got to be, re- you got to have your head screwed on straight for it. You know what right. I mean? You got to, you got to understand you what you're getting into. Understand you're looking at history. Yeah, but, you right. know, and and a lot of the spinoffs of that thing that they that the sequels that they produced after that first one just didn't work. No, they, they were no, just they too didn't. stupid, and they didn't work. But the first one, the first Godzilla movie was a really even though it's a man in a rubber suit it's not a stupid rubber suit and it's not a stupid script and it's not it's just it is very very bleak you know pre-apocalyptic would be a good term for it pre-apocalyptic it's comment on government inefficiencies right it's it really is interesting after so i watched i watched i've watched that one a couple times i watched shin godzilla last night yeah i started watching that and i just didn't have time to finish it it wasn't bad but it was it's just it doesn't compare to these other ones we're going to talk about um that's a japanese film i wanted a different perspective on shin godzilla because i watched it and i had one perspective on so i called somebody else and and they had a different perspective so their perspective and i understand where they're coming from is that it, it? Is it skewers the talk, the target of government inefficiencies? Yes. Let's have a meeting about a meeting. Right. Let's, let's worry about the media. Let's worry about our promotions. Let's worry about. Yeah, there was a lot of that in there, and you know, and, the and concern for the actual disaster was way down on their list of concerns. Right. right. That and that's what ruined the movie for me. You know, it's not a monster movie. It's a bureaucracy movie. Now, bureaucracy is a monster. But yes. I, I, it's a Godzilla movie for for God's sake, and it's and then when they and when they get to Godzilla, so later on in the movie when it's done at night and you see some destruction and he's got the the atomic breath, then it starts to look pretty cool. But early on, the CGI looked like a bad puppet. I don't even know how. Yeah, to describe it was. It, it was it not was very convincing. Really it was bad. not very. There was a lot of still shots that they asked you to believe were motion shots. Yeah. And it was it just didn't work at the special effects level. No. And and the 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 plot was horror in a different way than monster. You yeah. know. I, I, I got the feeling that they were at some point they're punishing the audience with these continuous shots of these inefficient 
selfish, manipulative meetings while people were getting stomped by a giant monster. Right. 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 And yep, it, exactly. They were delivering a point, but I didn't need so much of it to be delivered. Right. So yeah, it was, I watched that. So you don't you don't have to. It was a, it was a it was a you know it's a it's it's worth mentioning, but it's it's strictly an aside to the best one that I think that was ever has ever been made, which was the 2014 Godzilla and uh, fabulous Japanese actor Ken Watanabe's in that and uh, Elizabeth Olsen she's so she's so lovely yeah she's 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 perfect she's flawless in everything she does the the issue with that movie that people complain about is that Godzilla doesn't appear for a long time Uh, but when he does appear but when he does appear you get to see him yeah and you you believe it yeah. And yeah. he fucks he a bunch of stuff up and he destroys San Francisco. And and we and are I think we ought to pay him. All of our activities are completely um, irrelevant to him. Right. Whatever whatever the humans are doing doesn't make right. any difference. He he is the this is the perfect example of accidentally he might accidentally benefit us, but that's not his intention. No, that's not his goal. That's not his goal, is not to be sweet to humans. Yeah, uh, you know it works out in the end that it's you know he's not one hundred percent negative, especially since San Francisco's gone. But if you've got, you know, if you've got a monster movie that is defined as a force of nature that doesn't care about you, Godzilla, yeah. my friends, is the archetype. Godzilla's the guy. Godzilla yeah. is the man. That thing has been. How many Godzilla movies have there been made? 40, 50? I have no it's, idea. It's such a popular theme, and it recreates all the time. It's it's dealt with over and over and over because it's a very, very good. Uh, what would you call it? A, a topic or a. Um, and they, it's they an still, archetype, is what it is. Yeah. It's an archetype. And it's a it's a it's a monster archetype that is absolutely fascinating to human beings to watch the damn thing, you know. And the more accurately, the more realistically it's portrayed, the better it gets. It this is a this is a a, a character that has benefited far more from CGI than any other thing in film. You can maybe out of the character. Stuff. He, his job is to remind you how small you and your efforts are. Yes. And how inconsequential you are. That's He's his 600 job. feet tall. Yes. And he doesn't care where his feet land. No. Or what he's walking on or what he's walking through. He doesn't care. No. It's. Uh, yeah. I, it's, would, I would start with that. The, the, King, the Godzilla, that 2014 version. And then there's the. That's part of what they fired up called the monster verse, and there's a couple mm-hmm. sequels. There's King of the Monsters. There's King of the Monsters in 2019. That's uh, that's not as good a film as the 2014 film. It's that yeah, it's, they just didn't deliver on that. No. Yeah. No. And I haven't seen Godzilla versus Kong. I haven't I'm either. Not, I haven't I'm not either. Sure I've, that I'm, I've got it on my table. I've got it sure ordered. I've got, but it's you know I I didn't assign it a big priority because again we've talked about King Kong, no. and uh, I'm gonna go ahead and watch it, 
but uh, I don't anticipate that it will approach uh, 2014 Godzilla in in terms of its important its importance as a monster movie. Its impact, yeah, right, yeah. right. Now, right. the Godzilla franchise. Uh, it's not really a franchise. I keep using that term incorrectly. Franchises, the sequels and products by one house that generates these things, and that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about genre. Godzilla. Well, we've already screwed up desperately. We said Frankenstein instead of Frankenstein's monster. So I'm sure somebody's going to pile on us for. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, Frankenstein's not the monster. Frankenstein was the doctor that invented the monster, and Frankenstein's monster was. But in popular culture, he's known as Frankenstein. You know, and that yeah. was a that was a problem that started with Boris Karloff. And <laughs> it's not our problem. All right, not our, not our issue. It's not our issue. All right. I mean, Herman Munster was Frankenstein, yeah. right? Absolutely. But Absolutely. Herman was okay. He was a nice enough. guy. He was a nice right? enough guy. Lily was beautiful girl. Beautiful girl. That was Yvonne DiCarlo. She's a beautiful girl. That was, you know, it's hard to be mad at Herman Munster, right? Grandpa Al Lewis. (laughs) He's so funny. Did you you see? uh, We talked about this. Al Lewis was so funny as the judge and used cars. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) So so there's a couple. You know, you can find anything you want on YouTube. There's a couple clips of... Of apparently they were the, the the Adams family was teaching each other to dance, and they've taken those clips of the black and white Adams family dancing, and they've yeah. put modern songs in it and made it work out. Okay, no, pretty I, damn I, silly shit. You know, I if you got like fifteen that. minutes to do nothing, you know. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll see if I can devote some time to that. <laughs> <laughs> Completely useless, right? <laughs> non-productive time. Now we come to our mutual agreed upon best monster movie ever made and if you guys have not seen this you're just you just don't like monster movies you don't like movies you don't like movies if you hadn't seen this uh the best monster movie ever made was john carpenter's the thing and it was made in 1982 all of the effects there weren't any cg it's all in camera there might have been a couple of animations, but animations were expensive, and I just think he figured out ways to. But this is, this is the most. I watched this goddamn thing the other day again, and I'm telling you, this is a disturbing movie. This is it, disturbing in the same way that The Exorcist is disturbing. It's disturbing whether you want it to be or not, because. The monster in this thing is so fucking grotesque and unnatural. It just, it just, it's offensive at the cellular level. You know, it's offensive to look at the the, the controlling factor, the whole Cthulhu thing that's got going on, uh, and it holds up now. The effects still hold up, I believe. Oh, and, very, very well, very well. The, the soundtrack right the movie that goes the the sound the music and the sounds that go along with this uh it delivers perfect and perfect it delivers and it i know some people who it's it's their top top three or four movies of all time um 
I think it's it's right up there. As far as a monster movie, it's the best monster movie. There's you no, never really there's nothing even touches it, it, it in terms of uh, our definition of a monster movie. There's nothing that even comes close to it. It is, uh, it's got some elements of science fiction. It's got it's awfully biological. It has got fabulous performances by Kurt Russell and Wilford Brimley and a bunch of guys on the cast that you you have seen in character roles in various places on television from a long time ago. Uh, this this movie is is it's real good. He now, now I don't want to spoil the ending because there's going to be people out there that haven't watched this movie, so I don't want to spoil the ending. But you're never really convinced that you know what the hell is going on. You don't think right. that you've got information to make a legitimate decision at the end of the movie as what the hell just what the hell was just going on. Uh, it's very disturbing from the first shot to the last shot. It's uh, it's worthwhile and it holds up no matter how many times you've seen it. Right. And Kurt right, Russell, so top quality come, deal. The uh, yeah. uh, Kurt Russell was, you know, and and Kurt Russell was a, he and John Carpenter worked together on a couple of things, like Big Trouble in Little China is a John Carpenter movie. And he and Kurt, that was that is a hell of a good movie, you know. A hell of a damn good movie. But uh, but the thing, you know, and the, this is how important the thing is. All right, there was a prequel filmed just a few years ago, uh, probably eight or ten years ago, and it was also called. It was not called John Carpenter's The Thing which is the actual name of the one we're talking about. It was just called The Thing. And it was made by a Norwegian production company. And uh, it's got some actors and actresses in it that you will recognize. But it goes back to a point. Uh, it goes back to the point of origin of the John Carpenter story and brings you up to the first seen in John Carpenter's The Thing. It's, so I've got 2011 scribbled down beside right. this. That make, does right. that sound about yes, right? that's about right. Okay, so and, so it had it, a couple things about that movie. I've got mixed feelings on it. The first is to, I think that the everyone was very bright to make it a prequel because those other guys' story was over. Right. Right. And anything that you'd have done differently would have taken away from that superb, really scary, melancholy ending. So to make it a prequel was a good thing. Right. Uh, well, the there wasn't any other way to treat the material. Yeah. You're, you're not yes. going to have a sequel to the no. to the no. thing. And then the, the second thing that they did very good is even though. Presumably, you know what's you know what the monster is capable of when you watch this movie. Even though you knew what the monster was capable of, whenever you would see the jump scares, like somebody's looking in a mirror and somebody's behind him, and all this horrible stuff starts happening, you still got uh, bit by that because right. they delivered it that so well. Now, for me, when it and when the movie fell apart was uh, not maybe not fall apart, but when it was less to me is when they uh, they started. Uh, uh, the third act, I guess, is when I, I wasn't. I, I got less involved with the movie. The third act, when they when they went to that one location, when it when it went to that separate location, and they started describing how they started showing the big picture, right? And I I wasn't I, that I didn't buy into that so much. 
but the the jump scares were there the decision to start with the with the prequel instead of the other was there and uh and the actors delivered i just didn't like that third act so much well how'd you like the ending the tie-in between well, the, the tie-in movie and to, and john carpenter's movie that was so the last couple moments of it where they got back from that location right right and then they tied it in and then you're reminded of john carpenter's movie that tie-in worked perfectly perfect i just i just, that was perfect i just perfect. think that they they got a little off base and it started going into a different non-horror movie sort of thing. But the tie-in uh, worked out well. And the tie-in was perfect because we knew – you knew where that was headed, right? Mm-hmm. So they, and that was, that's, uh, that was also a crowd pleaser, I think. I'm, I'm that, assuming that, that nobody that saw that, that Norwegian film that hadn't already seen John Carpenter's film. I don't think you would. I I, why you would you be interested in it? Why would you? You know? Yeah. Uh, I guess there's no. some people that just go to the show, but there's uh, a real interesting fact about the original one is um, all of the uh, when it came out, all the critics hated it. Yeah, they did. They lambasted it. Yeah, and they. It, I I read the Wikipedia page on that, and it and almost ruined John Carpenter's career. He lost a lot of big budget films because of it. And I, you know, how you find something to bitch about about that movie is beyond my ability to comprehend it was the first time i saw that i thought my god this is this is just absolutely amazing do you not understand are you so cynical sitting there in your in your viewing room watching this movie you're so cynical that you don't understand it's a survival movie and that's the thing that those people didn't understand they wanted a character driven everybody had backstories there was characters interacting with each other but everybody was just trying to survive and it was gory they hated the fact that it was all those things well I'm and that's what made John the movie Carpenter yeah covered. yeah thank god he ignored him but yep. it, the, yeah. the thing was uh the thing was uh it was so perfectly handled from the, from the standpoint of the horribleness of the monster, oh, it, 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 those of you that have not seen the thing, you need to stop what you're doing right now, and uh, and watch it because it's it's a damn good movie. It's uh, yeah, yeah. I brought it up to you that me and Stormy went and watched. I, th- I think it was a 30th anniversary of it, and uh, in the theater, in the theaters, and really it was fantastic. It was so cool to watch it in that uh, that uh, setting. It was very cool. I bet so. Yeah. Holy shit. I bet that was a good experience. Yeah, I can't. Uh, where where did they show that? They showed it here at Cinemark. And, really? You know, it's crazy whenever you watch a film that you've seen, you know, ten times in the theater, you start noticing things that you didn't notice before. Right, because just the size of the picture. Yeah, the size of it and your your attention's just different with it. You know? But that that scene where the the goddamn head grows the spider legs. and that, <laughs> God, it's so grotesque Oh, my awesome. God. Yes. Oh my god. Every time I see that I just say, Oh my God. It's just so offensive to everything that's true and good, you know. The the the, the, the <laughs> couple scenes that I think about is the is a couple of the, the, the understated comedy moments where they're they're testing, right? And they're all tied up together. And they're testing, and then something horrible happens, and then the next scene is they're all tied up separately. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I didn't. I did, you're right about that. I didn't even notice that. That's, Talking that's about the comedy thing. too. Whenever that head scene happens, and that one guy looks over, and he and it zooms in on his face, and he goes, 
you've got to be fucking kidding me. And it shows the head. <laughs> shows the head. The guy's head's upside down looking at the ceiling. There's spider leg. And the goddamn, when the, when the monster takes over the dog. See, yeah. the, the, what goes on is th- this animal, this creature, this monster, has visited many, many planets and has landed on Earth and has developed the ability to in, to absorb all of the life forms that it has previously contacted. And when it reproduces itself in a new life form, it goes through all those previous iterations on the way to, to becoming a, an exact copy of the new one. And it's just... <laughs> It's just the most insane thing to how he has done these special effects. Oh my God, it's weird. It's just you know. So when they did disturbing, it's it's very very disturbing. You need you, know? to, you need to watch it. When they did twenty eleven, uh, as I read, the original goal was to use the same technology, mm-hmm. the same sort of stuff on this practical effects so it would look the same yes so it would look the same they they did them that way they said oh these looks like this looks like too much like 1980s and the guys were like well that's what we wanted we wanted to look too much like right. 1980s and then they went in and they they did cgi they kept over some here. yeah kept some practical effects and then they put cgi over them. all of the i seen the bat uh the behind the scenes of those practical effects and they looked amazing they should have kept them they should have, it would have been a much yeah. better film if they would have I don't them. know how they did it though. I don't know how you make those models and make them look like that. The, you just go to the slaughterhouse and you get a bunch <laughs> of livers and kidneys and brains and lungs and all kinds of shit and you bring them home and you figure out where you're going to put them in this in the set and it's and then there's blood and I, it had to be real blood. I I don't know, man. I it, this was not the old Red dye and corn syrup level blood, which doesn't look like blood. So some of the stuff, but, if you've ever seen, if you've ever seen it in person, if you've seen it on a behind the scenes thing, to see all this carnage and all this horrible stuff, and then in between takes, everybody's smoking and joking and shooting the shit, yeah. and maybe having a bite to eat or something, right. and all this carnage is laying around. It's right. pretty damn fun. Pretty interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine what it was like on the set of that thing in nineteen. 19- 82 god almighty the fucking cold they must have been cold all the goddamn time right well they uh they shot that in los angeles indoors it would have been cold at all All it was cold because they refrigerated the set oh god down to like 29 degrees they refrigerated the set so it would be it, it was apparently cheaper to do that Un, and, and spend all the money on electricity in Los Angeles than it was to go to a cold location to do it on on location. But that's that's what they did. You, there is a very interesting Wikipedia page on this film, and I advise it. you to read it. It's it's I will. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, uh, it's a big long thing, and uh, yeah, they went to a lot of went to a lot of trouble. Now, if you if you've got the DVD that I've got, which is a remaster dvd it has got a, a commentary track by kurt russell and john carpenter who are big buddies you know and it's a it's a it is uh 
it's a rather light-hearted commentary track but it's it's interesting to see these guys or to hear these guys talking about uh the the experiences that they had making this film and it's that's no small thing to get actors of that caliber to to do a commentary track that's no small thing that's a lot of time and work invested in that Mm -hmm. they must be feel pretty passionate about that to do that well russell's done that for carpenter he there's a commentary track that he did on the big trouble Trouble, in little china it's good it's good it's real funny that's real good you need to (laughs) go back and listen to that next time you watch that movie you need to listen to kurt russell's when i first got a dvd player a long time ago i got stuck on the commentary track on a and I didn't know how to get it turned off. <laughs> <laughs> well, you really couldn't even, couldn't even watch the film. Couldn't, couldn't even watch the damn film yeah. trying to figure out what the hell's happening here. Right. Well, anyway. So that is our summary for you people of monster movies. And I hope we've, we've uh, done it justice. We've told you what a monster movie is. We have complied by the rules we set and we've told you that king kong's not a monster movie and you don't believe that but we don't care mm-hmm. we told you that bram stoker's dracula is not a monster movie and you don't believe that but we don't care either mm-hmm. we're sticking by our guns all right we told you what we thought we told you why and by god that's the way shit is all right so john thank you man we, it's a we, pleasure. Always we, fun. We've done it's a lot of work fun. on this. We've all we've sat down, and watched a bunch of movies, and and uh, it may not sound like work, but look, we're professionals. We want to be prepared. We were working, right? You want to be prepared. Absolutely. Had to be prepared because you don't want to talk about something you hadn't seen, right? No, no. So, uh, boys and girls, hope you understand this. If this is giving you some some ideas about what to watch, I think. I think it, it, Rain of Fire, you need to go see that. You probably haven't seen it, but it holds up. It's a great film. It's, a, it's the best dragon movie that's ever been made. It is, uh, it is really, really good. If you haven't seen that, you haven't seen, you may not have seen John Carpenter's The Thing. You've got to watch that. Yeah. You have to watch it. If you haven't watched that, you just aren't a, a fan of the genre. And, yeah, you uh, got to see the thing. The thing. Uh, I, I would hope that most have seen the thing. If you haven't seen the thing, you got to watch it. Um, Troll Hunter is one that's probably slipped by. That yeah, oh, I'm, I imagine it's a magnet independent house film, and I know nobody's seen it. But when it's good. When you're, you're scrolling through, it's easy to pass by that one. Right. Next time you're scrolling through and you see it, watch it. You'll enjoy yep. it. You'll enjoy it. You've all seen Jurassic Park and the Godzilla films, and you may not have seen the 2010 Wolfman movie. You need to watch that. Mm. That's a yep. that's a perfect film. It's a, it's one of these perfect films, like Kingdom of Heaven. You can watch it over and over and over again. There's not a a single hollow spot in the damn thing. It's a it's a great film. If you want to feel really good and 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 feel good about life uh watch 30 days of night and the thing as a double feature one night before you have to get up early and go to work in the morning right that's exactly what you need to do you will have a great next day you'll sleep better sleep better when you do get to sleep you'll sleep well because (laughs) everything will be sunny and bright and cheerful (laughs) 
and optimistic. Yes, it'll put you in that frame of mind. <laughs> it sure will. All right, John, appreciate it, man. Our buddy John Musser's been with us for our our monster movie podcast, and uh, we will see you people next time right here on Starting Strength Radio.